0: Chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Uh, That can be found in page 807 in the Black House Bibles. uh, that are in front of you. I'm going to invite you to uh, stand and read. I'll read aloud. You can follow along uh, as I read, and then Kevin's going to come up and we'll pray for him. Again, this is Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet and you of Bethlehem and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Gold and frankincense and myrrh, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Pray with me again. Uh, God, thank you for today and the chance to gather with your people. Thank you for the opportunity to hear from you through your word. And I pray for Kevin, even now, God, that you would um, speak to and through him. God, that you would give us ears to hear from you. God, move us. We need you. Uh, We need your word. We pray that it would come and accomplish your purposes for us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: I'd say that most of us could agree that today we live in a pretty divided world. I don't think I can ever remember things in America being quite so bad. You know, you have longtime friends no longer speaking, churches being completely ripped apart. There's just so much division out there. And isn't our world also so dark? It seems like a cloud has been hanging over our nation, it feels like at least, every time the sun seems to almost show its face. You know, you hear word of another variant rearing its ugly head. And all this has seemed to bring out so much the worst in all of us. Crime is way up, civility is way down. There's just so much darkness everywhere. But today, just as back many, many years ago, there is a light that is shining, the light of the world. And it, really he, shows us the way out of all of this. It shows us the way to something better. Here today in Matthew 2, 1 through 12, we see these travelers called wise men on a quest. They see this light up in the sky and they set out after it. And there in Israel they find what their hearts have been so long searching for. Not just an astronomical marvel, a feast for their eyes, but what the celestial beauty led them to, a feast for their hearts. Hope, joy, peace in the child king they find there in Bethlehem. Now, if you've just walked in today for the first time, or it's been a while, we've just started a series to the book of Matthew. We're in the opening chapters of the book. The prologue, the introduction, where we learn here who Jesus is and where he's from. Today we learn he is from Israel and he's from Bethlehem, but we also learn that he is the light of the world back then and still today. We'll see a couple of main things in this passage this morning. First, the light coming into the world, and second, the world drawing to that light. First, the light comes into the world. Right away, we see these wise men coming to Israel in pursuit of this star. Now, this was no ordinary star, right? That's why they're coming. People have debated, was this some kind of comet? A conjunction of planets, maybe? Something unmistakably glorious that the maker of stars had placed in the sky, like maybe a supernova? We don't know, but the fact is that it's so striking, and then we see also that it's moving... And that makes it just seem clearly miraculous, clearly supernatural. God the Father will move the heavens even to make much of His Son. Matthew says these men come from the east. We don't know for sure where their journey started. Some have said as far as India. But there's one reason why scholars seem to agree that it was likely from Babylon. And that's because there were many Jews still there, right? God's people have been judged way back they were deported there back in the day. God had been silent since. Um, Israel, the world were clo- covered in darkness since that point um, until this day where they see this star. And so it's likely that there in Babylon, these wise men, they have heard from those Jews prophecies like Numbers twenty four seventeen, which reads, a star shall come out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Maybe it's from them there that they learned As they say in verse 2, that the king of the Jews had been born. Well, they come to Jerusalem asking around. Herod the king hears about it. Now, this man is known as Herod the Great. Um, Yeah, he he rebuilt the temple in that day and was known for some other marvelous building projects. But he really wasn't that great in power. He was really just propped up by the Romans to kind of just... Babysit the, the nation of Israel Really and he certainly wasn't that great Of a person he was really wicked We're going to see some of his insecurities Come out today and We'll see what they get birth to next week But he has to Call the religious figures the scholars Of that day to figure out what this all Means unlike those wise Men though they should have seen This coming right they didn't even notice The star in the sky but when it's pointed out to them, they still just seem to just shrug their shoulders. They're not moved to check things out further, even as they guide here to where the baby would be born. But they do inform them of another Jewish prophecy that's being fulfilled in his birth. In his birth. Verse 6 quotes Micah 5.2, which reads, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler will shepherd my people israel so jesus is born in this humble place which happens to be david's hometown david the king bethlehem now after this investigation from herod he tries to conscript the, the wise men as informants So this is a year or two after Christ's birth. They're not in a stable anymore. Now they're in a house. We we learned this timeline because of his diabolical plan at the end of the chapter. But he sends them on their way. He asks them to let them know when he can come find the boy for himself. Because he says, I want to worship. Yeah, right. His true motives are soon going to come through. Twice in this passage, Matthew uses the word behold. Behold, this is a Hebrew way of trying to get attention. Behold, he says, hey, look, this is a big deal. He says in verse 9, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. So this type of thing doesn't happen all the time, right? Yeah, it stopped over that house in Bethlehem. The star, clearly this is no ordinary child Matthew was saying, Check this out. Can you believe this? At the beginning of Isaiah, right before the, the famous Christmas passage we read earlier, in chapter 9, it reads like this The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone." This is the light of the world. The light of the world. Jesus later calls himself that exactly in John 8, 12. Well, what does that mean? How how does that bring hope to our darkness today? Light obviously shines, and light shows us what is true, what is good, what is beautiful. It does. Maybe you've been in one of our state's many caves where it's so dark that... You can't see your hand right in front of your face, but even lighting the smallest match lets you see how things really are. Jesus is truth, goodness, beauty himself, and he is no small light. He's magnificent. He's resplendent, and he takes away our blindness, and he gives us eyes to see the way things truly are. Light also means that God is here, right? And Throughout the Bible, it's, it's, it's God's presence that, that His light communicates, it represents. He is indeed God with us, Matthew one twenty three. He's Emmanuel, as we saw last week. I love how 1 John 1.5 puts it. God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Yeah, Jesus is born in that manger. He's there with His mother now in this home. He is man, yes, but He's also God, He is light And His presence exposes sin for what it is And He provides in Himself the way out of it In fact, this baby grows up to die for it This child will go to the cross for sinners like you and me For this broken world So that you and me and all the darkness around it Can be healed completely He's the light of the world And we're not alone And we're also not without hope church. This also means the king is here. He gets that label, the king of the Jews, by those wise men there even as a baby. And that's why verse 3 says that Herod is troubled and why he ends up hatching this plan. Jesus threatens the kings of this world as well as our little puppet kingdoms. He doesn't rule like they or we do. Did you hear verse 6? He's a shepherd like David, but even better. He's something greater than Herod or any kings. You and I try to prop up and trust him. He doesn't lord himself over us. He's a servant. He's the king of kings the lord of lords. He's the anointed one, the Messiah. He's the king of the Jews, as the wise men put it here. But he's a king who even lays down his own life. So here's what we do with this. We first have to go low, like him. We don't just lament the darkness that's out there and there is. We have to repent of the darkness that's right here in us. Unlike those Jewish leaders and citizens here that we see in this passage. We don't fight to protect ourselves like Herod, protecting our little kingdoms. We have to wave our white flags and tweet for his help. Second, we have to reach up, up to that sky, to that king who's also a savior. We trust him to heal and transform what's wrong in here as well as what's out there. Because the light is still shining. And he'll keep shining until that day that Revelation 22 speaks of, when night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. The light still shines, and he will overcome the darkness. Second, the world draws toward the light. So where's the other behold in this passage? It's right there in verse 1. So Matthew here, an Israelite, he who's writing to other Israelites, says this. Behold. He, he catch this, guy. Wise men from the east, okay, Gentiles are coming to worship. Wow, can you believe that that's happening? Even here, not long after his birth. He's not just a light. He is the light of the world. Behold that. Twice in the book of Isaiah, in the the famous servant songs, that prophet speaks of one coming who would be a light for the nations. Once in chapter 42, and again in chapter 49. But here are also these words from the end of that prophecy in chapter 60. Beginning in verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light. And kings to the brightness of your rising, lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your son shall come from afar, and your daughter shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nation shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense. It shall bring good news and the praises of the Lord. So Isaiah says all the way back then, the nations will come bringing gifts, even expensive gifts, worthy of a king. Did you catch that? They're all coming to worship, and it's all happening here shortly after Christ's birth. And still it's happening in even greater measure as he reigns in heaven until one day he'll return. The world is drawing to him. Here, likely again from Babylon, Gentiles, people outside of Israel, are worshiping this king, the king of the Jews, yes, but also the king of the world. Now, there likely aren't just three wise men in that home of Bethlehem, regardless of how many gifts happen to be mentioned. So, we three kings, um, probably more than that, they surely had this large entourage, security, guides... And although every king will bow, just like Herod that we see here, we three kings of Orient are, is a pretty misleading lyric. Because as you've probably heard before, these men are really better translated as magi. Magi. Now, if you want to see something vintage Karas and have a good laugh in the process, type these words into YouTube later today. Which way Lord Karas? Eric's shaking his head, please don't. way, lower cars, you get to see like old school Eric, you get to see Derek without long hair and without a beard. But it'll take you to this video from back in 2012, um, likely recorded on an iPhone 3 or something like that, that um, I think it was, that introduces a series that we did on knowing God's will way back in the day. And in those four messages, we really talk about. The truly crazy ways, I think it would still apply, that even Christians pursue divine guidance. And how God actually just wants us to grow us, form us into people who can use godly wisdom. But anyway, in the video, you almost immediately, at the the start, see a shot of a sign for a psychic studio. So it's at the top of a building that now houses Broadway Brewery downtown, and that psychic operated in that space for some time, I guess, but I even think at the time that we released the video, that it had it had been replaced by, guess what, us. It actually had become one of our first chorus offices. We used to joke all the time about the business in that place before, wow, replaced by a church? I wonder if they saw that one coming. No longer were people there trying to read palms. The light of the gospel had shown into that place. But here's what I want you to hear. The word for magi is yes, in the the semantic range is where we get the word um, magic, right? They weren't that much unlike those psychics or astrologers. They were pagans. They were idolaters. They were dream interpreters. And the the Old Testament has all kinds of things to say about how bad that is and how that pushes against trust in the Lord. These aren't just Gentiles. Like Matthew the tax collector, and each of us here, There are also sinners. Even they, you know, Matthew's saying, behold, even they are coming to this child in Bethlehem. As David Mathis puts it, Gandalf and Dumbledore are coming to worship the baby Jesus. He also writes, I love this, this is astounding that God is welcoming the Magi, and not on the provision that they first abandon their life of astrology and magic. No, he comes to them where they are in their sin. He goes as far as to exploit the very channel of their deepest idolatry to draw them to Jesus. This is the light. The light of the world. What does that mean? Well, how does that bring hope to our division today? Well, the light of the world brings the nations together. He is the only one who can do this. As people from every tribe and tongue and people and nation, they fall down before his throne and worship. They show the glory of his creation as well as the power of the gospel. Take his creation. He made us to be one with him and one with each other. He made us uniquely, each one of us, with our skin hues included to image his beauty. God's not colorblind. He doesn't want us to be colorblind. He wants to see the glory of what he has made. The fall into sin, yeah, it messed it all up. It pitted us against one another. Now his gospel, accomplished through his perfect life that's just getting started in this passage, through his sacrificial death that purchased the nations with his, his blood, it restores us little by little until every tribe and language and people and nation will rule with him over the earth. But again, it's not just the nations that come, it's sinners, and that's each of us here. As we go through this gospel, we're going to see Jesus lambast the Pharisees while he constantly welcomes the last, the least, the lost. Folks like these wise men, the Magi. Imagine if psychics started joining us here on Sundays, or maybe astrologers or witches, they began streaming in. Maybe someone had their palm read. And that somehow led them to show up here and now they're suddenly reading the psalms with us we might respond i didn't see that one coming but that would mean that we saw the light as far too dim and we had forgotten that we too had been saved out of this world of darkness what's at the bottom of all this division is the rebellion that's in our hearts that darkness against god That comes out against others Our way forward Isn't trying to to Become better people The Pharisees were all over that And we see where it got them What's needed for us is to be Humbler people People who are poor in spirit Who mourn for their sins Who are known for their meekness Who hunger and thirst for God The gospel shows us the way out And the way through Jesus is the light of the world. This also means that his kingdom is here. The kingdoms of this world are bowing at the feet of Christ in his kingdom. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. All our pathetic little kingdoms will evaporate, they'll burn up in his blazing presence. This is no doubt why Israel also was sent here to be troubled along with Herod. They prefer what they knew and expected from Rome over the one who come chucking over tables and tearing into hypocrites. As a result, pagan astrologers are passing them and route to that star. Could the same tragedy be happening with God's people today? Will we be similarly ashamed? I hope not. Here's what we have to do with this. First... Open wide Our hearts to his reign Our arms to the nations As we live out the welcome That we see here Even in the baby Jesus And then throughout his life The light of the nations Will keep on shining Until all the peoples of the world Have found their way in but Here's what's interesting Back then the nations Are coming toward that light It's how the gospel kicks off But do you remember how the gospel ends? We'll get there eventually. Now we're meant to take the light to them. Second, we go out. The baby grows up, and then he tells us this. Matthew 28, verse 18. And all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I'm no physicist, in case you wondered, but um, I have a general idea of what centripetal and centrifugal force are. Do you know what that means? Um, think of a circle here centripetal pulls toward the center, centrifugal pushes outward. So, some of your parents, you're taking your kids to the playground. Um, you put them on one of those spinning wheels, those merry-go-rounds, right? Um, you push them around there. It's, it's the centrifugal force that makes it awesome and makes kids feel like they're going to go flying, right? Um, it's the centripetal that, as they're able to hang on, Um, keeps them from going to the ER every time, right? Um, One pulls in and one pushes out. And so you have, in the Old Testament, you have this, be a light for the nations, bring the nations in, but then in the New Testament, you have the the centrifugal, the going out. So you go from come and see to go and tell. And you see that through Acts. That's that's what the Lord gives us and calls us to. We're to be a light. We're going to see that in Matthew 5, but a light that goes out Calling people to him, saying, "This is the light of the world. This is the answer to our darkness." He will end all this division. He will continue to provide us hope as his people, like the wise men here. We're meant to seek after him, to fall down before him and worship, to there in him find joy. Do you see that the magi they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. That's again just a, a Hebrew way of just. Emphasizing, They were really, really joyful in Jesus there. And we're also meant to proclaim, as the Magi are doing, the pagans again to the Jewish king. We're meant to proclaim, and I, as I'm sure they were on their way home as they're going back to Babylon or wherever, of the glory of the bright morning star. Jesus is the light we all want, the light that this world needs. Let's carry that light into our worlds as well. I love what Rich Villadas said this past week. He writes, Advent invites us into a prayerful expectation, a holy waiting and attentive gaze. What are we awaiting? Resplendent light, God's light. Isaiah announces that a great light is coming, coming from an unexpected source. It's making its way through a child, the Messiah. This light is not to be found in some new political power or in some cultural movement. It's not located in a particular ideology, but rather it's found through the living God in flesh. Advent reminds us that no matter how dark it gets, the light has come, and the light is coming. So be a good cheer. The darkness you feel today will not have the last word. I want to leave you with four questions as we continue to worship here as we move into the supper. Two for the truth that he's light. Two for the truth that he is for the world. First, are you and I running to this light? Are we trusting in him during this dark time? I know, I can say I've struggled with discouragement about myself, with with anger, sadness, as I look out at the world today. The church, the light still shines and he calls us to come to him to bring that pain to him. second are you and I emitting his light in this dark world are we looking like the light of the world are we reflecting his glory to those around us or are we joining in with the darkness making things worse he wants us to shine like the stars third are we welcoming others into his light Church, the nations are coming to us. Literally this week, even Columbia. So many American in America today are giving them angry glares and stiff arms. Are we the kind of people who are so filled with light, like our Lord, that those who came to him, tax collectors and astrologers, want to be around us also? Are we going out carrying forth that light? Are we out in our city living lives of love, carrying the good news? How many of us will go to the nations, even risking our lives to share Jesus with those who don't know? I love the words of John 1-5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness is not overcoming. Because the light is shining still. He is drawing the nations to him. Let's come close to him and be warmed by his light and then invite others to leave the darkness and join us. Let's pray. Father, I'm in our pain, in our sorrow, in our frustration, at ourselves and others, pull us in toward the hope that is in you would you do that father would you um, enable us um, equip us, transform us into people that more and more look like you more and more shine father would you make us live um, with just the welcoming spirit of your son um, where we're sitting at the table with people unlike us for people far from you and father would you just um, push us out into the city and into our world, um, sharing the hope that we have in you. Do that, as I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.